Welcome back to Be A Better Baddie with me, Kui. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Quinesha and I, of course, am your host of this wonderful podcast. Today's a little off the cuff, um, but I think it's necessary. It's not my, I guess, my typical content but it really does align with everything so today i'm talking about sleep hygiene if you're listening to this you're a baddie baddies need sleep because you can't be a real baddie if you're tired and your brain's not functioning at its best that that's just it so over the past few months like i'd say over the past few this last year more so i think i've really honed into my sleep because I've started to have problems with my sleep in the past year, within this past year. So typically I haven't had an issue falling asleep or waking up, but now I don't know, like now there have been issues with me falling asleep. I don't know if it's me getting older, like my body just, just changing. It could be, I probably should look into that, but something happened so I decided to like you know really examine my habits and the things I was consuming because that plays a role in my sleep right so how much caffeine I'm drinking and what time I'm drinking that caffeine and how much alcohol I'm consuming and when I consume that and what my nighttime routine looks like what it looks like in the morning when I wake up and trying to eliminate as many stress triggers as possible really so I I'm at a place now where I really value my sleep. Like, no, I just can't fall asleep and then be like, I wake up when I wake up. Like, no, ma'am. I need I need my seven to eight hours of sleep because when I wake up, I want to feel refreshed. I want to feel good. I want to feel energized. I want to feel ready for the next day, right? So all these things, like, now I'm like, I need to do. So whether it's me writing down everything I need to do the next day, because my brain is on go, go, go mode, just writing it down, making sure I have written down in a place before I go to sleep. So I don't spend the whole night thinking about it. I'm gonna do it. Making sure I have my water next to the bed because at some point in the night, I will wake up and I want to drink water. I'm gonna do it. If I need to set three alarms for the next morning, I'm gonna do it, you know? And really, you know, the bottom line is some of y'all really not taking y'all sleep seriously and trust your body will reap the consequences. Every species of animal has to sleep. Like think about, think about the fact that a lion has to sleep or a gazelle, like any animal in the wild has to sleep, even though they know they could be killed during their sleep. Like it puts us at a at a very vulnerable position, but we have to sleep. You know, you have to. So I dug into some research about sleep, just some general facts. And I learned a lot during this because originally when I started this, it was more like how to make sure you have a good night of sleep, like things I do, like my nighttime routine. But I learned a lot. So let me just go over my overview of sleep. So scientists have been studying sleep forever and they are still studying sleep because there's no clear reason as to like why we actually sleep, which I feel like I know the reason why, but I guess scientists haven't figured it out. So they're still figuring out 
why we sleep, how sleep works, and what happens when we don't get enough sleep. Um, sleep impacts every system in your body and your brain is heavily involved in the sleep process. So we know that our body goes through different cycles, etc. when we're sleeping. So our brain plays a big role in that. In adults, a lack of sleep has been associated with a wide range of negative health consequences, including cardiovascular problems, weakened immune system, higher risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes, impaired thinking and memory, mental health problems like depression and anxiety. All that can happen with you not sleeping. Like some of y'all just really need to go to sleep. Some of y'all should just get more sleep. So I, a lot of my research that I pulled was from the Sleep Foundation. If you want to read an article, because there was like seven to eight articles I found and I pulled from, they are all linked in the show notes. So go there and click them. So here are some stats that I found. And it was very surprising. So one, in a normal sleep period, a person experiences four to six, four to six sleep cycles. So that's one. Two, on average, we spend about two, two hours per night dreaming. And I could believe that because when I wake up in the morning, like when I think about my dreams, if I remember them, because I don't always remember my dreams, it's not that much that I remember. Like it's a story that I could see playing out for two hours. Um, Three, adults between 18 and 64 need seven to nine hours of sleep per night. Adults over 65 need seven to eight hours. But... of all adults in the United States report sleeping on average for less than seven hours per night. Over one third of adults in the United States aren't getting enough sleep. Now, the cities, this was very interesting. The cities where adults, where the highest rate of adults report that they sleep less than seven hours per night. It is tied with Camden, New Jersey and Detroit, Michigan. Two of the, when I think of those two cities, I think of poor black people. That's what I think of. So it's like, there's so many things going against them and they can't get enough sleep with that number being at almost 50%. Almost half the adults in those two cities don't get enough sleep every night. Um, in terms of demographic groups, though, Native Hawaiian and Pacific Islanders are the largest demographic group that report getting fewer than seven hours per sleep at night, coming in at almost 50% together. Single parents get less sleep than adults in two-parent households or childless homes. Makes sense. So if I'm a single parent, I get less sleep than someone who has no children in their home or someone that has two parents and children in their home next babies need 12 to 17 hours of sleep per day depending on their age and toddlers need 11 to 14 kids be sleeping like this made me think about paying for daycare like when you have kids they need this much sleep per day like okay they get like eight hours of sleep at night maybe that means four hours during the day they sleep in a daycare that's half the day of daycare um next fact i definitely lost count um it's recommended that preschool children 
get 10 to 13 hours of sleep while school age children should sleep 9 to 11 hours. So as you get older, basically, you just need less sleep. Babies born prematurely may spend 90% of their day asleep. Wow. You literally are watching your baby sleeping all day when they're born prematurely. Um, This is fun. 78% of people say they are more excited to go to bed if they have fresh smelling sheets. I agree. When my sheets smell good, I know my bed is clean. I'm like, yes, I cannot wait to get in that bed. Oops. Okay, next. Drinking more than two servings of alcohol per day for men and more than one serving per day for women has been found to decrease sleep quality by almost 40%. Wowzers. About 80% of the people who take prescription sleep medications experience residual effects like oversleeping, feeling groggy, or having a hard time concentrating the next day. And then in a study of, this one got me, in a study of 31 melatonin supplements sold in stores, 71% were not within the 10% of their listed dosage. Those melatonin people are lying. And I can tell you now why. Like, I can tell you, not not, I can't tell you why, but I can tell you that that is accurate. So before I jump into, like, the sleep hygiene stuff, like, I have tried melatonin. Every time I try it, like, I do fall asleep. I think it relaxes my body, but then I end up waking up at 2 a.m., it never keeps me asleep throughout the whole night. So I reading this, I'm just like, you know what? Thank you so much for telling me this truth. Now, that brings me to the topic of the day. What's sleep hygiene? Um, and what are some sleep hygiene tips and tricks I have for you? So sleep hygiene is basically habits and practices that affect your sleep. You can have healthy sleep hygiene or unhealthy sleep hygiene. I'm sure we have all have a mix because no one has a perfect anything. Um, But I'm just going to name, I think I have 10 things. Let me, yep, I have about 10 things I do to help me improve, help me stay asleep, fall asleep and stay asleep. If you don't do these things, I suggest you try them. If you do do them, shout out to you. Super proud of you. And um, yeah, let's get into it. Number one is wear comfy pajamas. This is subjective, right? Some of us may like silk. Some of us may like to sleep naked. Some of us may like pants. Some of us may like shorts. Some of us may like socks. Like, it really depends. For me, my pajamas have to be soft, non-constricting, and breathable. Overall, I think that my right now what I really like is cotton like nightgowns and like short sets when it gets cold then I'll do some long pants but I live in Texas most of the time it's not that cold so I did go through a satin pajama obsession just to come to the well my body only likes satin pajamas in the winter time or when it's cold in general, because what winter looks like in Texas is completely different. But I went through that craze and I realized that I couldn't wear the same pajamas in the summertime because my body could not breathe because the climate was different. So it really depends on the climate 
outside, the climate inside, how you want things to fit, whether you want socks or on, like everything, whatever it is, find what it is that works for you and implement it. That's number one. Number two is complete darkness. Complete darkness has definitely changed things for me. But light is everywhere. Like I'm looking like I'm in my room right now. But so there's a a little light on my TV, like my window light shines through my phone. If it's charging next to me, like it has light, like there's light everywhere. And now I even have an alarm clock, but I can turn, I can turn that light off. But, but the problem with that is that light affects our circadian rhythm. And simply what that is, I would define it as like our internal clock. That's, that's what it is. It tells us that when light is outside, you're awake. When it's dark outside, you go to sleep. We throw off our circadian rhythm so much by exposing our lights, our bodies to light at the wrong time. So think about like just having a bright lamp on beside your bed before you go to sleep or looking at your phone. That's the thing that really gets us or not or staying inside all day, I think actually does it too. Staying inside all day will throw off your circadian rhythm. So your body not knowing how much sun is outside at that present moment or blah, 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 etc. So I'm not always the best at, because like all the sleep experts are going to tell you, turn your phone off, put it on the other side of the room, etc. Like, I mean, sometimes I do look at my phone at night, but I have found some tips and tricks to kind of make my phone less appealing. So the first thing that I do to make my phone less appealing is change the color settings. So maybe I'll make it black and white or I put it on extra dim. Like I have it automatically set to change at a certain time. So at a certain time, like it will be extra dim and I forgot it doesn't go black and white cause I changed that, but I did have it before. But basically having it black and white makes your phone less appealing. So we want to, we're basically attracted to the colors we see because I'm looking at Instagram and TikTok and reading articles. But reading an article I say would be better because like once I read it, I'm done versus TikTok or Instagram. All I need to do is keep swiping or keep scrolling my finger up and there's a never ending stream of content, right? So black and white, I take the blue light off as well. So the blue light automatically comes out at a certain time too. And blue light is the thing that keeps us up. So that's the phone thing that I do to make my phone as unappealing as possible. I also, in terms of light, I use a, a blindfold. Like a, is that what you call it? It is a blindfold. It's like a, a satin, silk, whichever one it is, blindfold to block the light. I like that because it's really soft on my skin. I can lift it up easily if I need to see anything, etc. So I do that to block out every form of light, like when it's time for me to go to sleep. I've seen people talk about black about blackout shades, talk about blackout shades. That requires installation. I'm not doing that. I don't I don't feel like installing anything. Okay. Great. Um Number three kind of ties into number two. So about the phone. So again, experts typically say, don't sleep with your phone near you. I, 
I'm a little too paranoid to not sleep with my phone near me. So I still do sleep with it beside me, but I do put it on do not disturb and just put in the settings, right? So certain contacts can get through do not disturb and certain apps can give me notifications. Other than that, everything else is blocked until the next morning. That that has been great for me. So if you are a phone person, you want to keep your phone on. Cause I just feel like, what if there's an emergency? Like at least like, give me the chance to pick up the phone. That's what I've done. So just change the settings to let certain contacts bypass, do not disturb and give those apps also permission to give you notifications. Number four, my favorite, make it cold. I can't be in bed sweating. I can't. I want it to be cold because I want to be under a cover, preferably something thick, you know, like I like a good comforter. Now, according to my research, the ideal ideal temperature for sleep is about 65 degrees. That sounds like a high electricity bill and I'm not really trying to do that. So put your AC up to whatever you can afford. And I usually supplement it with a fan. So if I still feel like I'm too hot, I will put a fan on. But for the most part, 70 degrees is the coldest I will go in my house. That's that's 70 degrees is the most I can afford. But also, don't be afraid to use a fan to supplement it. Like, fans are great. Okay. Oh, but also one more thing. Don't sleep with a fan in your face. You're going to get sick. You will get sick. And next thing, this is number five on the list. Be sure you engage in physical activity during the day. And I guess, no, physical and mental activity during the day. Like by the end of the night, you do want to be tired. So do make sure that whether it's you working out, you getting all your steps, um, Doing things that will mentally and physically exhaust you throughout the day is going to help you burn energy. And burning energy is going to make you feel tired at the end of the night. I find it really interesting that it's mostly my mental energy keeping me up at night. So one thing that I do is a brain dump at night. So writing down everything that I am thinking at that time because I've always have a million and one thoughts going on at a time. So writing all of that down, making my list that I want to make because I'm thinking, oh, when I go to the store, I want to pick this up or, oh, I want to write a podcast about this or, oh, like I want to do this. Or even, I even have recordings in my phone of like little songs and I'm like, this is a good song. Y'all, I haven't, re- I'm, I have not recorded a song <laughs> in years. But I still have them in my phone right now because you can't tell me nothing. So engage in physical and mental activity throughout the day. That will be sure to tire you out. Um, Number six, eat dinner. I can't go to sleep hungry. I can't. They say don't go to sleep mad. I say don't go to sleep hungry. Eat something. If you're feeling hungry, eat something. Um, I know sometimes I just won't eat, like I'll stop eating around like six if I'm, you know, trying to be extremely cognizant of that and I'll be okay because I made sure I ate enough throughout the day. But if you find that you're hungry, 
you won't be able to go to sleep, at least in my case, I won't be able to go to sleep because I'll be thinking about all the things that I could eat (laughs) that I didn't eat. So research says that you shouldn't eat within two hours of bed. And if you do eat something light. Okay. Number seven is to limit your alcohol consumption. For me, whenever I drink, I know I'm not going to sleep well because it's just, I don't know what it is like there. There's the research out there. Like, look it up. I didn't do research for this one. I just know it to be fact. So I think alcohol is one of those things that helps you fall asleep quickly. But as far as the quality of your sleep, you compromise that. So no alcohol for me if I know I want to have a good night's sleep. Number eight. Okay, so, okay. Limit your naps. And I would not say that. I think I want to change it to nap smarter. And I say that because I know this one can be pretty controversial. No long naps. Keep them short, less than 20 minutes, because anything longer than that is going to ruin your sleep for the night, especially in my case. So if I nap, if I take a long nap, I know I'm going to be up all night long. Naps only benefit me when they're extremely short, like... I'm just closing my eyes to relax for a second, just really, you know, gathering myself. Or if I know I had zero sleep the night before. So if I've only had two hours of sleep, I can take a nap then and I will be okay because I need to go to sleep. So according to my trusted resources, let me see. Okay, so they say that a short nap is good and can reap some benefits like improving your memory, making you more creative, and improving your alertness, among many other things. So taking a nap is healthy. It has health benefits, right? But it's a short nap, okay? So when you take a nap that's too long, you go into something that's called sleep inertia, which is the feeling of grogginess, disorientation, drowsiness, and cognitive impairment that immediately follows waking up. This sleep inertia can last anywhere from 15 minutes to a few hours. So if you take a nap that's too long, you're not going to feel feel fully awake after. Now, the reason your sleep cycle, I mean, oops, not me jumping ahead. Now, the reason you can't sleep or nap too long is because you don't want to enter a sleep cycle. So you you know that you sleep in different cycles and if you wake up in the middle of one, it's bad for you. So if you keep it at 20 minutes, you do not enter a sleep cycle. And that's it. So if you do take a nap during the day, set an alarm, sweetie. And if you can't be trusted to wake up due to that alarm, then don't take a nap. So no naps. Number nine, This one's my favorite. So create a nighttime routine and wake up at a consistent time. I really love a good nighttime routine, right? Like the skincare, the reading, the journaling, the checking my doors, the checking the thermostat, the changing the color settings on my phones, the turning on a boring podcast. That's literally my bedtime routine. Those are the things that signifies to my mind and my body that is time for you to lay down. 
So the purpose of a nighttime routine is to relax your mind and body so that your body is prepared to rest. For the most part, all of us experience some type of stress throughout the day. So this is your chance to reset, get ready, signal to your brain that we about to go to sleep, sis. So I definitely recommend you creating some type of nighttime routine that says it is time to settle down. All of these things that I'm that I'm talking about are somewhat a part of a bedtime routine, right? Your temperature, your pajamas, the light, etc. All those things. All right, here's the last one. Most important, make sure your bed is comfortable. The pillows, the mattress, the comforter, everything. Make sure they're clean. Make sure that they are your desired texture. They're different textures, right? Like you could sleep under silk, velvet, cotton. Make sure it's something you like. The firmness level, the temperature. Like all these things are so important. When I'm not comfortable in a bed, I'm not going to sleep. Um, A hack that I've learned is to just bring one of my pillowcases with me. So whenever I go on vacation and I'm sleeping in a bed that is not my own, I will bring one of my pillowcases so that I do have that sense of comfort with me. So whatever you need to do, and again, this is one of those things that's subjective as everything else in this podcast, but really finding what works for you and what you find comfortable, but make sure your bed is comfortable because you're going to be laying there sleeping, recharging for the next day. And if it's not comfortable, you're not going to wake up feeling your best self and then you won't be prepared to take on the day and therefore you won't have a good day. So. All that to say, overall, I think too many of you are sleeping on quality sleep. Hopefully this made you think about how you approach sleep or what you're doing right now so that you can create better sleep hygiene. So with that, I am checking out. Let me know what you what you think of this podcast and um, I'll see you at the next one. You guys know where to find me. Bye.